In partnership with Trauma-Free World, the International Network of Children's Ministry presents Trauma-Informed Children's Ministry, a podcast dedicated to equipping children's ministry teams in order to elevate trauma-informed care of kids and families in the church. We believe children's ministry is the most futuristic and strategic ministry of the church. When you're on the front lines of this key ministry, you need to be informed about how to effectively serve today's kids and equipped to create environments where all kids can meet with Jesus. And preparing you to do that is what this podcast is all about. Are you ready? Let's dive in. My name is Michaela White, and I get to serve as the Executive Director for INCM, as well as the host for this podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing trauma-informed care and how we partner with parents. We'll be digging into this topic with Julie Cooper and a special return guest, Kim Bado. This conversation will equip you to know how to create a greater connection with parents from a trauma competence standpoint, as well as empower them to further the ministry in areas that matter to them. To help us do this, Julie Cooper, who serves as Senior Vice President of Training and Curriculum at Trauma Free World, and I are thrilled to welcome Kim Bado to this conversation. Kim is the Director of Training and Development at Found Village, a nonprofit that equips teens from hard places with the tools and support needed to move from surviving to thriving. She is a trauma-free world affiliate trainer and a certified trauma and resilience trainer. She's trained ministry leaders, parents, educators, and others who work with kids on trauma-informed and resilience-focused practices. For the past several decades, Kim has led kids and student ministries at local churches while also leading initiatives around adoption and foster care. Kim, we're so glad to have you with us again today. Thanks, Michaela. Fun to be here. Thanks to you and Julie for doing this. It's been a great series so far. And just diving into this episode today as we talk about coming alongside parents, you know, you you've worked with um, in the church for years and coming alongside parents and partnering with them. I'm wondering just how did trauma-informed care transform the way that you came alongside parents and empowered their connection to the church family? It's a big question for the children's ministry world today. I'm curious what your experience is like. It changed everything. It literally changed everything. When we look back for when we really started going to school on how do we respond to kids who've experienced trauma and really hard stuff, it changed the DNA of our kids' ministry. Wow. And so what, what happened, I think in kids' ministry, we get really focused on dispensing information, mm-hmm. telling them all the details of a Bible story. Or Julie was talking earlier about learning a Bible verse, every single word. And sometimes in the midst of that, we miss out on the relationship piece. And I believe that Jesus, I know Jesus is very interested in us having a relationship with him and a relationship with each other. And a simple thing that we did when we started trying to really learn what it looks like to be a trauma-informed ministry was just telling our leaders, the main thing is not to get through every question in small group and have your craft each kid's craft be perfectly done. If if a child has shared a prayer request with you, if a child has opened up to you, if you have called every kid by name in your small group, that's a win, Mm -hmm. even if you didn't get through everything on the lesson. And so what happened then 
with parents is parents want people who love their kids and care about their kids. And so we started building just much deeper relationships with parents because their kids felt known and cared for, which in turn made the parents feel known and cared for. And then what happened is it opened up these doors of just deep conversation about what was going on at home, um, the good stuff and the really hard stuff. And then also, and this was a benefit we never even thought about, they told our friends about us, particularly people who had kids who had difficulty fitting in at other places. They would say, oh, you know, go there because the volunteers really understand how to respond, even if your child isn't doing what might be considered socially acceptable. But can change everything. I love love that perspective. And, And I think it's really inspiring as we dig into this episode to think about just how it can transform culture and the way that the church connects with families and the community. So Julie, you know, as we think about this topic, how can we frame this in our minds as leaders? If we want to approach partnership with parents from a trauma-informed perspective, where do you feel like we should begin? I think, um, you know, we begin realizing there are families in our communities that honestly don't know where they can go to church. They don't know who will be able to um, manage their kids per se. They don't know who will love their kids. They don't want, they don't want to, you know, just be praying during service that nobody pages them to come pick up their kid. And then they do, and they get the list of everything their kids have done wrong. There, there are so many families that need a place to go to church with their children who may have big emotions and big behaviors. So, you know, the Lord is seeking those people to come into our congregations. And this could be, it could be folks who have purposely invited kids into their home, foster adoptive parents, kinship parents, grandparents, um, thousands and thousands of grandparents in the United States are caring for their grandkids and doing the very best that they can. Or it can be families that have intergenerational trauma within them. So the parents are coming in as well. So all that to say, there are so many families that need a safe space and need to know that when their child comes to the door, we know that child's name, we understand that child's needs, and we're prepared to give that child the best hour, the best hour and a half, whatever it is. And the focus is going to be exactly what Kim said. It's relationship. We build a place where this child starts to feel safe. The family starts to feel safe. And as that child feels safe and connected, they're going to get the Bible verses. They're going, they're going to start getting the information, but that won't come until we create the right space. So when we partner with parents, they need the same grace. They need the same flexibility. And our parents also need voice and choice. You know, our parents also need a chance to say like, I really want to go to church, but um, I, I just need them to know my child is, uh, I have a, I have a great friend. Her, her son worries about needing to go to the bathroom for some reason. That's his thing. She's like, I, I want to be able to go to church, but they need to know he's, he needs to leave every seven to eight minutes and go to the bathroom. That seems reasonable to me. Like that's not going to keep, we don't want to keep that child away from Jesus. So they need to be able to share and we need a flexible enough environment to create space 
for all families so that the parents feel like this, we have a place too. I think that's so important. I, I remember Julia, a, a friend of mine, her name is Amber Lappin, and she was training on kids, you know, who might display anxiety in a children's ministry environment. And she said, when a parent asks you at the end, when they come to pick up their child, how was he or how was she? What they're really asking is, do you want us to come back? Yes. And so the, but like the response of, of the team to that question is really critical. I mean, what, what would you encourage for your volunteers even in how they connect with parents in those kinds of moments? For, for yep. leaders listening, I think that would be a helpful um, place for us to go. Yeah, I think the things we report on are the wins that we've made in building relationship. That's good. Because as we also, we want the parent to feel safe. The parent is learning and worshiping. So the things we report are the wins in relationship. That child, they don't need to know the kid insulted. They don't need to hear that. Most of us parents who have kids who come from hard places, we already know our kids do that. What we want to hear is like, we, these wins we've made in relationship, and I can't wait to keep building on it. That is the family that says, thank you, God, this is a place that we can come. Yes, that's so and, good. And I just want to say sometimes that's so good, Julie, to focus on the relationship and the wins and that, that just trains our volunteer that, oh, wait a minute, the priority is relationship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there are things that we do need to talk to the parent about to partner with them. And I think in those cases, we stick to the facts. We don't diagnose. We don't say, have you considered Ritalin for your child? He's very active. Um, Instead, we might just say, hey, during small group, he had difficulty sitting at the table. Is there a strategy that they use that's used in school to help him do that? And then what's really important uh, to your point, Michaela, that parents want to know if you want him back. If we have to talk about something like that with a parent, and I would say, 90% of the time we think we have to talk to a parent, we really don't need to. Um, But in those few instances where we need to talk to them, then within 24 hours of that child leaving church, we should call the parent, text the parent, send an email to the parent, telling them how much we're looking forward to seeing the child back the following week. Yes, absolutely. One of the ways that we partner with parents is letting them know we love their child. (laughs) That's, that's so important. And so, you know, Kim, along those lines, when it comes to what we offer and the values that we try to nurture in our ministry, what do you feel like we need to keep in mind when it comes to parents? Well, we're just seeing a small part of the picture. And as Julie said, the behavior that we're seeing it's probably happening at home too. It's not a surprise to the parents. So our parents may be exhausted. They may have used all of the tools in their tool belt and they simply don't know what else to do. So one of the things that we've done is as we do training for volunteers, we'll invite parents to come into that too. Or we have common language that we use, like we offer kids a choice or the power of yes. We will tell parents about a strategy that worked really well. We had four-year-old twins who always wanted to get on stage. I mean, always. That was that was their goal every Sunday morning was to get on stage. And so we started using a choice with them where they could either put their feet on the stage 
or they could sit up there in the front and put their hands on the stage. That totally took care of it. So we told the parents and the parents said, oh my gosh, I've never tried choices because I'm always trying to control them. I'm going to start using that at home. So just talk to them about um, what we're doing and invite them in. But just be, be mindful. They're exhausted. Yeah, that's such an important perspective. I think, you know, there's there's definitely uh, a, for us to not approach them with assumptions and to recognize, you know, they are um, likely exhausted, but just like that story of you sharing what worked gave them a breakthrough idea for what to use at home. Um, and something that I know when they used it, they were thinking about the church family that came alongside them in that. Um, you know, as we think about uh, some common questions that come up in our community, um, you know, a common question might have to do with how we engage parents from, from trauma situations in our ministry. Julie, what would you suggest leaders give to these parents? What kind of role should we invite them into? I think um, I love that at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about partnering with parents. When you partner, you and your partner have common goals. So, um, you know, I think when we're looking at our foster and adoptive parents, <clears throat> we likely have common goals and we can invite them into maybe some of the training. We can invite them into some of the strategies we're learning. Hey, um, what's working for you? Here's what's working for us. But we also have families who they themselves are, are just in dysfunction. We have families who they themselves are experiencing hard things. I think <clears throat> bringing those families particularly also in for opportunities to train is another beautiful way to extend our ministry beyond the confines of the child into the family so that the same grace, you know, as we mentioned, the same grace, the same voice, the same choices we offer the children we offer the parents as well. And that way we increase that partnership so that we're collaboratively, you know, bringing the kingdom of God to these families. Um, it's, it's beautiful to see that happen. And I've seen, I've seen so often, actually, even in my own story, I came to know the Lord before my parents did. Um, so, you know, having a children's ministry and then engaging parents back into that ministry, especially parents who they themselves come from hard places, is just a beautiful way to extend the kingdom. Julie, are there um, resources from Trauma-Free World that you would recommend a leader use with parents in their ministry? Yep. You know, probably the resource I would recommend the most are just we have short tip videos on our YouTube page. Um, they're really short. They're super topic focused because we mentioned that so many parents are exhausted. You know, they're not they can't come to an 18 hour, probably don't have time nor the mental capacity to engage in that much training at one time, but just short tip videos, one subject at a time is a great way to just start dipping your toe into, Hey, let's think about other ways of engaging with our kids. That's great. So, you know, if they have like a parent Facebook page or a newsletter that they send out to parents, those would be videos yep. you can include. That's um, super approachable. I really appreciate that um, and would encourage all of our leaders to begin sending that out to the parents that they serve. Um, so as we round the corner on this, Kim, I'm wondering if you could help us as we close our time together. What do you think we need to keep in mind as children's ministry leaders 
who are seeking to come alongside the parents in our ministries? What do we need to walk away with? I think in most cases, parents are doing the best they can. And when we approach it with that mindset, that will change the way we interact with parents. And if we look at Jesus, I think it's good. Jesus was really good at making people feel known and loved. And as he made people feel known and loved, it opened up all kinds of doors for relationship and for transformation. So we as children's ministry leaders look for ways to make the parents feel known and loved. If when the parent picks up the child and you can see as they're going down the hall, the child is having a particularly bad day, maybe running from the parent or screaming, send that parent a note, send them a Starbucks gift card. Uh, drop off a, a pack of Uno cards on their front porch, you know, an activity that they can do with their kid, call and connect with them during the week. You know, scripture says, and I believe it, that we're created in the image of God and God is good. So that means that we all have goodness within us. And that includes the most challenging child. And as a parent of two adopted kids that, um, that came to two ch- children that came to us through adoption. Sometimes I need to be reminded of the goodness in my own child. And we as the church can do that. We can help call that out. We can let them know that we have their back and that we love and care about their kid. And there's a great book, one of my favorites, The Rabbit Listened. Everybody should get that book. I love that book. Um, that's one thing we can do. Just be a good listener. We don't have to have a bunch of profound things to say. We can just listen and that will do just all kinds of, um, it will help grow our relationship with parents. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more with that. And I'm, I'm super grateful for the perspective today of having a loving view of the parents that we are coming alongside of a supportive view, um, and just like you mentioned, Julie, that real partnership um, to the relationship is, is what we're going for. And, you know, Kim, as you close this off today of encouraging us to be good listeners, um, I also want to encourage our, our leaders listening to, um, not discount the time that you spend in prayer for the parents that you are serving and listening to the Holy Spirit and, and what he would encourage you to do and um, what your next step is in your partnership with those parents. He is a willing partner for you in the ministry that he's called you to. So that time spent in prayer for the, the kids and parents that you're serving is time well spent and Um, He will guide and direct you and what it looks like for you to partner well with these parents. And friends, I just want to thank you for listening today. We do hope that this conversation equipped you to elevate trauma-informed care in your children's ministry. Uh, In our next episode, Julie and I are excited to welcome Kim back as we continue the conversation by digging into how we can respond to tough behaviors with trauma-informed practices. You're not going to want to miss this episode, so be sure to subscribe. To learn more about INCM, you can get connected to what you need to serve kids and families at incm.org. And if you're ready to take intentional steps forward in trauma-informed care, connect to the resources from our partners at Trauma-Free World at traumafreeworld.org. 
We're so glad you joined us today. We're here to support you and we're cheering for you always, friends.